Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall. That's the boys. This is the community pub. And apparently we've got a favorite beer of the evening. I'm so excited that it's such a great beer. Guys, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking from Shipyard. Thank you, Kevin. This is the Smashed Pumpkin. So he put it Ooh. out as a uh, uh, a beer that he was drinking the other day. It's another beer that is in bourbon, biscuit, bourbon whiskey barrels. And I will have to apologize. I have gauze in my mouth. I've got another fractured tooth, and it's slicing my tongue. Not fun. So I'm going to grit through it. Uh, if I sound a little muffled, apologies. But has anybody else been into Rimmers? If you heard the episode the other day, I got to enjoy a nice little Rimmer. I'm going to try this uh, smashed pumpkin bourbon barrel with uh, a little rim job also. Dustin, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, we got the shipyard pumpkin head. I was actually wondering what you were rubbing on the rim of that there uh, glass you got there. So that explains it all. I might have to try that out. And I wish we had more shipyard stuff here locally. It's pretty damn good. Yeah, I agree. I've always been a fan, but I was so mad when they last year, I couldn't find it. You guys remember? And then this year it's completely gone. So I don't not what's not sure what's going on up there in Maine. It's probably the way it usually goes is there's a distribution. We actually have, we have two main distribution companies here. So all I'm seeing here is local, which is great, but I feel like the distribution companies have, are, aren't sending out the stuff from other, you know, other breweries for some reason. We, it's, it's completely done. Derek, what about you? So well, I was just up in Maine and I stopped at uh, the Rutland Brew, uh, Beer Works and I picked up a couple of six, uh, four packs. And uh, today I'm drinking, it's called Hide and Seek. It's a, uh, it's a, just a New England uh, pale ale. Um, of course, Bigfoot's on the, on the front of it, so I had to get it. I was like, God, I could try it, but it's not bad. Traditional IPA, there's not much, no hub, no citra hops, nothing in it. It's just like just straight hops. It's good, though. Hmm. It's only like a, I think it's a 5.7%. I got another one. It's like a 10, so I'm, I'm saving that one, but it's, uh, it's pretty good. Wow, I just saw this one. It's 10.5%. I was like, it tasted like it was a bit, uh, ah, was a bit no. into it. Definitely. Oh, if you can, if you oh, can find it though, there's something about bourbon barrel and pumpkin ales. This is the second one, right? Last week I did one. This is the second. This this is another amazing beer. Highly recommended. I'd be doing some wild stuff at 10.5. Get you a couple of them <laughs> <laughs> and you <dang> on, man. <laughs> Lucas. Oh, yeah. I'm sipping on whiskey tonight because I ran out of beer and forgot to fix them up on the way home from work. Hey, that's, that's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. Uh, technically, I got some whiskey-esque inside here in the new Hyperclean pint glass. It was fun seeing Dan Gorski enjoying a Mountain Dew and uh, whiskey with the uh, pint glass a couple of days ago in the Hyperclean specialist group. What kind of whiskey are you sipping on? Uh, I think it's Crown Royal Apple. I don't know. Uh, do you ever mix? Out. Do you ever mix the crown apple or crown peach and put it in other stuff? 
nope, I got this for Christmas like three years ago, and I just found it in the cabinet and opened it for the first time just now. And uh, how'd it go down? I don't know. It, it's a little uh, sweet. It's a little sweet, yeah, little, sweet. little bitter at the same time somehow, but I don't know. Put it in with like a seltzer water or like a Sprite or something like that. I, I oh. really like the flavor then. So you're saying uh, with it'd go peach, good if I dump it in my Sprite? There you go. Uh, with the peach, I enjoy it over uh, tea. Makes a really great uh, sweet tea. Mm. Oh. I always did uh, Southern Comfort and sweet tea. That was a yeah. really good one. Yep. Let's try this. Well, that a boy, Lucas. Derek, what were you saying? Well, I was, I was going to say, when you uh, put the stuff around the rim, um, I went to a place uh, that did the same thing. They had a pumpkin ale there. And I'm like, how the hell did they get it? Because I ordered two, and they get both times. And I'm like, I didn't know they sold it like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Nicely done. Derek, so did you see Sasquatch while you were out hiking? Or, you know, what? No, we had a bear go through our Airbnb. Uh, we didn't see the actually like, see the through it? Like, no, no, like. So we end up staying like in like the basement part of like this this house. Um, they had like a little room set up in there, and uh, the lady has a camera set up. And she was saying like uh, there's there's other people that were staying like this little tiny house. And so they, the tiny house had a dry bathroom, but if you you know if, you know you just pee in there. But if you're trying to do anything else, she had another bathroom set up to take care of that. Well, the guy got up there four o'clock in the morning and he walks out, and she said she saw it on camera. As he came around the corner, the bear was coming up between my car and his car, and he just stopped. And then the bear was like, oh, and ran off. And she told us in the morning, she's like, you guys missed a big bear. And apparently it's the same bear. He comes through, and you can see where he was walking through the grass and stuff. But uh, no bears, and I was looking for moose. I didn't see any moose. Ben, are bears basically just like uh, neighborhood dogs up there in Canada? Is that the way it goes? <laughs> Not where I live. Um, I can't – I mind you – uh, not far north from me, like I'd say the half hour north, uh, there are posts every once in a while of bears wandering through people's neighborhoods and stuff like that on uh, Facebook groups. Um, but I'd have to say the only moose I've saw or I've seen would be up in Jasper, which is uh, about 10, 12 hours away from here. It's a big national park. And ah. then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I see deer every once in a while. That's nothing fancy. I don't know. I live in a fairly populated area, so it's more difficult for that kind of wildlife to get to where I am. Yeah. So what else did you see, Derek? Um, let's see. Not, nothing too crazy. I mean, I did see, I know, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I go on vacation. I always kind of uh, mess up and uh, don't like uh, fit in with like the locals or whatever. I wasn't wearing my checkered, you know, winter uh, fall sweatshirt. Everybody's like, Are you weren't in up. West Virginia. No, I was, <laughs> no, I was <laughs> like, Every single person came through at the, at the bar. Every one of the bars had them. And I'm just like, damn, you messed up, man. Like, you should have. I had them. I had one. I just didn't pack it. But um, That's I was the that fall crazy attire. I know. I was I was like, I brought shorts because it ended up being kind of warm. So I had shorts and a sweatshirt. And I was one of those guys. But uh, but I wore my hiking boots everywhere we went, though. So I did kind of fit in. So it worked out. Uh, how hilarious was the post inside the specialist group of uh... – the latest costume outfit with the, the the Corvette guy. That's hilarious. Oh man, I was getting oh, ready to type paging Nick Walters, and then and then next thing you know, by the time I got back to the post, Nick already commented, 
Ah, I found my outfit idea this year. Like, dang, got it. Yeah, that's awesome. Big Corvette guy. All right. Anybody, uh, anybody been out enjoying their car life this week? Have any good car life stories? Oh, absolutely. Always. Absolutely. So there's a big car show this weekend. And so I was happy to attend, check out some of the vehicles there. And man, some of them vehicles, I, I couldn't help, you know, help but notice how rough the paint on some of these vehicles were. And these people were like, yeah, so nice. They got their big stickers of please look, but do not touch plastered all over. Like they got actual like custom made emblems for this kind of thing. Uh, so that was, you know, something. So how do you handle that? That's, that's, you know, I let's talk about car shows for a second, because this is what it really is interesting is the dynamic between car show guys, car show girls, detailers right there's always this like for me there always was too going into car shows just as a detailer but there's one thing that we talk about i've talked to you about it talked to plenty of people about it it is difficult a lot of times to go in and talk about your service of detailing to guys that are really into their their cars right that's their baby that's their car but you know what every one of those guys love man they love a good spray yeah. you know they yeah. they always love a spray so What's it like for you now as a distributor being at those shows, putting on that hat versus the, the, the detailer hat where you're sitting there, right? I'm with you, right? I look at those cars and I just go, wow, it's horrible. And now you go, Hey, but I've got a really great spray for you. What, how do you handle that? Yeah. So it, a lot of it, and this is just from my perspective, it depends on the type of show you're, you're at. If you're at like a Volkswagen, you know, that type of thing, lowered type, you know, show, you got a lot of younger generation, they're very easy to work with because they love uh, optimum no rinse. That's all they've really been introduced to. So when you put a product like uh, HyperClean Eco One in their hands, they're just blown away by it and uh, how great it works. Plus, they're able to leave some protection behind too. Uh, versus the show I was at this weekend. A lot of older folks, custom builds, garage builds, you know, hot rods, the Corvette club, this type of thing. More of the DIY, like, hey, I sprayed this vehicle in my backyard and buffed it with a wool pad on a seven-inch rotary. Uh, you know, those guys are kind of hard to tackle because they're set in their methods of, you know, I got this really old spray wax and it's the best thing there ever is. Hey, no, no worries, man. That, that's great. I'm glad you like the product. Cool. Uh, like the car. I, I kind of leave my business at, at the shop where it belongs. I don't ever put your service um, or even speak of kind of really what we do there. Um, so when we, when we are at the, at the shows and if we're set up as a booth, you know, I'm going to have samples and stuff like that. Like, Hey, grab a bottle, test it out. Um, but you know, that type of thing. So it, it yeah. depends on the environment, right? I like the lowered guys, like the Volkswagen guys, those guys. Yeah, awesome, Lucas, I was going to ask what your thoughts were about that. I, I didn't know Volkswagen guys were lowered guys. I didn't. Oh, yeah. Said, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Make America scrape again. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, <laughs> it's awesome. It, it has me wanting to build something like that. And I probably will next year. Um, love the Volkswagen is not a vehicle here that is lowered. Really? really? 
No. And we got Tonesville up here in Michigan. I mean, <laughs> all of mine are. <laughs> wow. What are the what model? GTIs around me. Yeah, I mean, okay. uh, my jet yeah. is lowered. All okay. my GTIs have been lowered. Okay, but there is, a, yeah. there is a yeah. There is there is a guy near me that's got a Jetta that's lowered and with rims, and I'm just nope. like, oh, but it's like an older Jetta, and I'm like, oh. but if it's like a '90s Jetta, they're not too like if it's lowered, then they kind of I don't know that boxy kind of look on the older vehicles. Just it looks kind of cool. But there's a guy that came into the store that had a um that had one, and he was showing us all these pictures. It's like look, they're nice, and then. He liked that car so much he bought his brother one and then they both have him lowered with the original like uh Volkswagen oh, color. Yeah, I don't know. I was like, oh. I, I was that's what I said to him. I was like, bro, can you buy me a car? Like yeah, the I'll nicer Volkswagen get slammed and the shitbox Volkswagens get lifted on mud tires and sent off road. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, here in West Virginia, it's like the geo trackers or the geo metros. Yeah, oh, we I, there's even yeah. a limo down the road that's lifted. <laughs> like, oh, no. off 40s, man. like no. you don't know what you're gonna see here, but no. it, it's crazy, man. I, I don't. You know, like I said, it could be a Chevy Cavalier sitting on boggers out there in the field. You see all kinds of cool shit out here at West by God. Yeah, I seen that. I just once you said, you know, you said it earlier and then you said it again. I was like, oh, hold on a second. I mean, I just, but you say GTIs. I do see GTIs. I think that really would be interesting to see more Jettas. That would yeah. be cool. Yeah. Why don't you see many of them that are that many of the Jettas that are modded? Is it because they're just not a hatchback? The hatchback looks cooler. I mean, what do you mm -hmm. think, Lucas? I say, I'd have to say I've seen the oh. Audis uh, lowered more than uh, like Jettas here, like an A four, A five. Mm -hmm. I think it has to do with region a, a lot too. Like I don't know for whatever reason, there's a huge Volkswagen community in Michigan. I, community. Yeah, haha, and lots of. Lots of Audis too, because you know, we get snow. So, like Subaru, Audi, front wheel drive, and all wheel drive is about all we see up here year round. So, you just, you maybe they stick out more because all the other stuff gets put away in the winter. But yeah, you see a lot of that kind of stuff all, all year here. Hmm. Interesting. Dustin, uh, I think you were sharing a story earlier that I was really hoping you would share again. Yeah, so let, let's let's pick on Dodge guy a little bit more. You know, I've been hearing the podcast and been listening and everything else, but you know, I was just minding my own, and here comes old Duramax guy with his brand new L5P. You know, big balling, blowing the black smoke and everything under the sun, and and then a little ding right up my ass. You know, <laughs> here we are getting on the on ramp, and I'm like. This is perfect. Just got the transmission. The bugs worked out of the truck. All right. So we merge across the four lanes into the into the far left. And I look in my mirror. I'm like, maybe just, you know, follow me up the interstate, whatever. See this big old cloud of smoke and him creeping up on me real damn fast. So I just fourth gear and, you know, in the manual selector and rolled into her real hard. And next thing I know, he's about 50 yards back and I'm six gear in the overdrive wide open at 120. <laughs> I think that's the fastest oh, I've ever been in that truck. Oh, <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> so I, I texted uh, my buddy who handles our my tuning and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, truck rips, man. <laughs> it's great. Next thing I know, as soon as I get off the interstate, I get a direct message on Facebook. 
hey, was that you in the silver Dodge? <laughs> yeah. That was <laughs> he goes, man we should race again sometime you know <laughs> tell me how his truck 700 horse this that and the other and i'm like man i'm like six you know somewhere in that low you know high fives low six range haven't put it on dyno yet but hoping to in the next but you weeks. weigh a lot less than he does right no they're i mean they're both 2500s uh he might get a couple pounds on me but i got a hundred gallon fuel cell in the bed and a loaded toolbox so Whew. roughly the same hmm. would you be torquier with your straight six as opposed to v8 um yeah technically yes but i've owned them both i had a six seven power stroke with a uh 364 turbo setup and some fuel and this truck i'm running a 464 with with uh you know a fast fuel system nothing crazy and it's got a built trans so yeah yeah but i mean he had a little bit of a jump but yeah i got the torque cool lucas you been out to join any crazy car life this week or yeah took my cousin for a ride in my uh 500 horsepower jetta that i picked up a couple weeks ago and he said he wants it so he's probably he's he told me he's gonna come by it on saturday so that was pretty fun Ooh. wow How much flip, it huh? hmm? what's it weigh uh i haven't put it on a scale but curb weight somewhere right around 2800 3000 pounds <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that's a good time 500 horse and you know 3000 pounds it's enough. <laughs> I'd God. be in jail. Yeah. Yeah. Derek, uh, how'd the uh, how'd the truck do up in the mountains? Oh no, we didn't. My Tacoma stayed nice and clean back at home. I we took my wife's car. She got she got a little Honda Civic, a 2018 little hatchback. And uh, it was good, except uh, the Airbnb we stayed at was um, a lot of dirt roads, so her car looks terrible right now, but it rained quite a bit. But, you know, it's funny, uh, a lot of the people up there, like this lady that was staying there, they all had, like, you know, trucks and forerunners, and everything's lifted, big tires, because they, you know, so a lot, they go through a lot of dirt roads, and um, the, the lady came out, and she goes, you know, your uh, car you got there looks pretty shiny you know it's, it's you know we call you guys uh flatlanders you know not it was nothing about your flatlander and she was looking at the cars and man how's this place clean and i was just like oh you know a detail cars on that oh, that makes sense and then while we were there there actually was a detail shop uh b and l or b and m and l or something detailing and he had a lot of nice cars parked out front but i i didn't really by? like uh no i should have I, I i if i told my wife she wanted to swing by she'd be like hell no you're walking back to the Airbnb. so yeah um, i used to get in those fights too i should have yeah. i wanted to because he had a lot he had some nice cars he had an audi um and he had a gti actually sitting out front like lowered like right right out front for like two days and then i when we, when we were on our way out it was gone so i guess the guy can't pick it up but uh yeah. our is good 40 miles per gallon my truck's like 21 22 so we, yeah. we took the, we took the car don't blame you don't blame me at all so plus i was gonna say plus the dog went in the car so my truck didn't get covered in hair so <laughs> absolutely but when do you get the old uh honey do list honey um, i gotta get the car cleaned up 
that's that's what I'm probably doing tomorrow after after I'm done. I got to do one interior tomorrow, and I'm probably going to have to come home and do that. But we had that little dog kind of cover bed thing on the back seat. So it's awesome. not awesome. Like Nick talked about a while ago, putting, yes. yeah. But it, it just, it, the car just smells like dog now. You get there, you're just like, oh, dog smell, like wet dog smell. Hey, I'm working on an ultra neutralizer as <laughs> it's currently in the radar and I am uh, working on it. So hell yeah. Oh. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kevin, man. Uh, Tough times lately, huh? Tough times for old Brady, you know? <laughs> Tough times, man. Tough times for that boy losing back to back and his family. When I, I joked about it the other day on the episode, and it's like, golly, man. I mean, go out on top of the world, right? Or come back. Some guys just have to do it. It looks like it looks like the age is catching them a little bit, yep. you know? But mm-hmm. uh, like I said, man, don't count them out. Don't count them out. You can't. You can't. Yeah. You can't. All right. So interesting post that I really love to know your guys' uh, input on inside the hyperclean specialist group was well, it was is really a great question. And that's what we love about what's going on in the group and why we encourage everybody to go there. And it's it's not so much for, hey, what compound do you use? Right? It's not about that. It's more of, you know, this is this is where it's so vital, is you know, Billy. Stutz, uh, he he makes a post about some rims that he encountered that wasn't his fault, but you know there was those Porsche black rims. You know Porsche. A lot of times we talk about those pillars, or we talk about that piano black. But you know those Porsche rims are pretty tough too. Uh, everybody see that post? If not, if you're listening, you know go into the Hyperclean Specialist Group, go back and find that uh, post from Billy. But you know, everybody here that has seen the post, how would you do it, right? Like, I mean, you see the rims like that. They're they're cloudy. Evidently, they've got some problems. Dustin, did you see the post? How would you uh, work and kind of go attack those rims in a sense? And maybe attacks the wrong way, right? They're already pretty beaten up, so... Uh, man, uh, first method, uh, I'm going with Fuego, of course. And I'm just, if they're beating up, I'm going to scrub the shit out of them. I just thought I would ask a question. <laughs> and just kind of see what happens with them. I mean, I guess worst case, if, if it's a surface where, you know, you can use a little acid. No, I was, okay, so you didn't see the post. I glanced by it. I didn't see it. Okay, go back and go back and look at it, read it. And we'll, we'll come back to you. Who saw it? Derek, did you see it? Kevin saw it. He's got his hand up. Kevin. This little reel. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. The real Kevin, hey. how would you deal with the, uh, the messed up Porsche rims? Uh, just clean them thoroughly as possible. Hit them with slick and just explain to the owner what you're dealing with, which they probably already knew anyway. Right. Kind of, you know, cause it mm-hmm. looked like some car wash bashing those rims up and down probably caused that hazy look. Um, you know, just a, Explain your process and let them know what's going on, basically. Why right. did you ever get into polishing rims? You you ever do that? Uh I don't those Porsche rims, I wouldn't try to. I, I I those are some of my like those, there's some Lambo rims that have all these intricate diet. I hate those. If they were like five stars all day, all day. But those intricate, like you know, racing style rims, 
I'm all set with trying to polish those, bro. But money talks. So <laughs> that's true. Lucas, what'd you find out? How would you go and deal with them? Uh, to me, just from the freeze frame I got here, that uh, it looks like they've already been cleaned, but it looks like somebody might have cleaned them at one time with something a little too strong. It almost looks like a chemical burn or a chemical stain on the on the finish of the wheels. So I would say your only route at this point without obviously seeing the wheels is probably to try a little finger polish in to see if that would clean up an area. And if not, then your options are to refinish them entirely. Yeah. And I think that's overall what the answer kind of finished out inside the comments is probably just needs to be repowder coated. Yeah. yeah. Dustin, did you find it? What are your thoughts? Yeah. So I just watched it. Um, so depending on circumstances, like Lucas said, I would always recommend, hey, if you want to want to get back to a presentable finish, they're going to need powder coated. Um, you know, if not, if it's in my shop and we just want it to look better to go out the door. Um, we've had some instances where a wheel just looks like trash and we will literally soak that thing in slick and walk away from it and come back and wipe it in just to give it a nice satin finish on it leave some protection behind and that's really about all you can do other than sending it back to being powder coated all right cool i think that's probably the common answer derek i mean we know that the actually the best way to keep this from happening is regularly maintaining a rim right regularly putting maintaining a rim doesn't necessarily just mean cleaning maintenance on a well, a rim on a vehicle, any part of a car, part of maintenance is protection. Uh, listen, we just released spray coat. It's spray on, rinse off, instant hydrophobic, instant ceramic protection. You've had the chance to use it, you specifically, and it's a video that I'll put out here uh, very soon. It's a video you sent me of uh, spraying spray coat on a rim and getting protection so walk us through using it on the rim how'd you do it why should somebody use spray coat on the rim the best way to keep a maintained clean rim is to keep it protected so how easy was it talk to us about it so the car that we did was a uh, the customer it's a, a rav4 and they had the customer had bought a bunch of um you know aftermarket black rims for it and we coded them originally, and then I was going back to do maintenance in a couple months. And uh, when we, when I went to go use spray coat, um, it just during the wash process. So after we we're done wash foam down the vehicle, after I cleaned the rims, all I did was just you know spray the product on, and you can actually see the the water actually start to you know go off the panel, feel the panel as the protection bonds immediately to the rims. Now these weren't as crazy as those as those Porsche rims where they had all the different spokes. They're a little bit easier to clean. I, I like to say you can stick your old hand through and clean them with your hands almost. But um, even the all the spokes inside of where the lug nuts are, the barrels, like I sprayed it all inside there and then just rinsed them off and then blow dry them and you're done. Like literally, you know, it's it takes you know a couple seconds. I literally went around did all after I'd done washing the car. I went around did all four rims real quick. Each one I spray dried, wiped them, just make sure there's no water, and done. Then they were protected. So um, I, I think as far like you said, as far as adding protection, we do it every wash. I mean, your, your rims will always be protected. And then when I come back later, I actually have to go back 
um, in two weeks to do his, uh, his girlfriend's car. And I'm going to take a look at this car too. It's probably going to be there. I want to see how much, you know, break dust is left, but you know, he drives the thing, but it was really easy to use. I loved it. Plus, like I said, I mean, I told you the smell is pretty good. The other ones I've used smell pretty bad. This one actually kind of smells good when you're done. Touch the towels afterwards. Yeah, it smells good. Yeah. So how easy, right? That's, that's the thing that not everybody's really familiar with is this concept of maintenance. And most people think of washing a car or protecting a car as extremely a difficult process to do. But as technology's grown and as we've released products into you know, the hyperclean car care family, it's actually been able to help increase people's, uh, well, less time, right? Like the less amount of energy, the less amount of time, things that can be done quicker. So you show, uh, you know, and I'll put out, like I said, in that video, but you show spraying straight on and then rinsing off. It's pretty awesome how quick you can begin to protect your rims. Yeah. Especially if like, even like say that, that Porsche video you showed, if, if um, say like you get a little intricate areas and stuff after you clean them, it's just so easy to protect them afterwards. I was, I was, uh, like I said, normally I would just use like slick and have to sit there and wipe every little panel and stuff. It just seemed easy. I could just spray them, rinse with a pressure washer and then just dry them and I was done. And I was just like, oh, wow. So, but not only for the rims, um, I'd also probably be using it on coated vehicles too. So just this quick top of protection, spray the door panels while during the wash process, dry the vehicle, and then you're done. You don't have to go back and do anything else afterwards. So one thing, let's, let's be, uh, Let's be transparent here. And this is this is me transparency of a conversation that I had with someone who has used spray coat. And let's be transparent also about maybe an issue about a problem. OK, so I got a video from somebody that uh, he sprayed it on and didn't have the same results that you had. Same results that I've had, the same results that we'll put out continually in videos is and what we say instant hydrophobics instant protection we love that it the water activated we have much more of the raw product than the other products that you had said you've tested other things plenty of people have tested spray type products ours has more than others however doesn't mean that it cures 100% of every vehicles it's something we kind of talked about on the episode which would be if you're listening to this uh, off the podcast, then it would probably be, I think, four episodes ago. But it's an episode with Nick and I uh, that, well, we talk about how to begin to look at a vehicle. And is there one thing that you can use on every vehicle? Or do you need to adapt and be very specialized? Because detailing is what? It's specialized. However, there are some that are in our industry that like to use like one product to do a lot of things. Awesome that you can do that. Awesome that you could spray a product on a paint and not get hydrophobics and then question why. So why would a product that is supposed to leave protection not grant protection onto the paint? Hmm. Interesting. Why? Those of us that are specialists and those of us know detailing, we would go, oh, there's some type of contamination 
that's blocking the protection from actually bonding to the clear coat. What do we normally use to remove contamination from a clear coat? Anybody want to throw their hand up? Dustin. Clay and polish. Clay and polish. Okay. Yeah. Clay not, and not, polish. Not always polish, but yeah, know, not the always polish. Majority polished. of the time, just clay. Um, so I, I'm a big clay bar guy. Clay mitts aren't really, like I said before, we see a lot of trucks up here. So the clay mitt doesn't always knock everything off. So we need something a little more aggressive. But uh, yeah, I mean, you can, if you've got a vehicle that's heavily contaminated and you just try to spray something on there, well, you're not going to get the bond that you want. Anybody ever waxed a car and over heavy contamination? Do you get the same results as you'd get when you've clayed a car? Well, as long as it's a cleaner wax, you're, you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so, know what sorry. that is, Derek. That's that. A that got destroyed a long time ago. Nobody uses cleaner waxes anymore, a.k.a. all-in-ones. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? What'd you say? Huh? Huh? I can't say that. How about that old Meguiar's cleaner wax? You guys remember yes, that stuff? Red, that's red was, bottle? It was yellow? As soon as Marty said that, that's literally what I was thinking in my mind. I'm like, that old red tin cleaner wax, the yellow wax. I, I had a ton of that in my old CX-5. I thought I was cleaning up the paint. I remember the smell still. Like, yep. like I know the smell, man. <laughs> All right, so Lucas, how yeah. do you determine when to use a clay bar? Is that a package? Is that a process? For you personally, well, when is it that you start to use a clay bar? So I have two different exterior packages. I have a basic package that doesn't include a clay, and then I have a full exterior that does include a clay. So if it's deemed that the car needs a clay by the customer or me, I'll recommend it or they'll buy it. If they buy that package, they get it because, um, yeah. In, in the package that doesn't get clay, does it get protection? Yeah, it gets, uh, it'll get an iron decontamination or some kind of, uh, you know, soak with an iron decon product. Um, and then a second wash to get rid of that, to neutralize it. And that usually cleans up some of it. And then if I wanted to go forward to the next package up, then, you know, we can upsell the clay bar and the rest the better protection with the bigger package, but yeah, it's just a different way that I can try and offer a cheaper package to make a car look decent or a more expensive package that takes more time, but makes the car look better. So I use it as, I guess, kind of an upsell, but also kind of as a, uh, just another part of a different package. Yeah. Interesting. You said, uh, iron decon. Right? Yeah, I always try chemical before I try. Uh, uh, if it's if I'm if it's in for a paint correction or a polish or a ceramic coating, I'm always going to try uh, a decon product before I hit it with a clay bar because there's been brand new cars that don't even have a single spot that turn purple, but they still need a little bit of polishing. So I'll just I'll wash it and I'll hop right on the polisher. I mean, I'm not going to sit and mar the, all the paint on the car because mm -hmm. it's 
included. I'm, I'm not going to fuck with that when I can just jump right on a polisher. Or yep. like if I rub my hand on it, I, I can tell what a car that needs clay feels like. I can tell what a car that doesn't need clay feels like. If I don't think it needs it, I'm hopping right from wash, dry, polish. Okay, so every vehicle that gets, I'm so glad that you mentioned a chemical decon versus a, what do we call it? Manual decon, right? Or mechanical. Mechanical. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Uh, I'm 10.5%, remember? So you guys might have to correct me. All good. All good. Uh, the, you know, how do you determine the difference? Is that a package? Is that, I mean, you already said like, okay, one package gets this, one package gets that. You go, okay, if it doesn't need a clay bar, then it's going to get the mechanical decon. Let me, let me ask that question a little bit better. Does every vehicle that comes in to get protection, do they get some type of iron decon or clay bar? Yes. And, uh, and, it won't just be because iron decon takes 10 minutes to just soak it for a minute, wipe it down real quick again after you wash it the first time. It's not the full, you know, sit there for half an hour with a clay bar. So if it if I'm going to put something on it that's like serious protection, it's going to get an iron decon at least. If it's a you mentioned um, the word serious. because OK, so walk us through a little bit more. All right. So what is serious? <laughs> what is not serious? So in my, my packages, I guess technically I have three exterior packages. I have a, a hand wash package and then I have my basic exterior detail and then my full exterior detail in the, in the hand wash, it's just going to get some kind of like uh product, kind of like the one you just launched, but I had previously been using uh 303s version of what uh, you guys just released. That's the spray on rinse off takes, 30 seconds to do a whole side of a vehicle, dry it and run out the door. Um, for the basic exterior, I'll use slick. And then for a full, the full exterior, I'll, I'll use some kind of uh, liquid sealant or um, we'll talk about, you know, other forms of protection at that point. If it's a newer car, like usually people that are interested in my full exterior will, I can upsell them on a, a, an all-in-one polish or paint enhancement or, buff and wax or you know the the cleaner wax um and i really like rupes uno I, i've had that on my cars and i, I enjoy that product for a quick hundred dollar upsell on a, a full exterior so yeah I, it's it's kind of fluid between the packages and it varies depending on customer and car okay uh but it seemed like the majority if if not 90 plus percent you're always going to do some type of iron decon or clay or something to decontaminate the vehicle. Yeah. The only one that I'm not going to decon is going to be for a hand wash. Cause I'm not burning, you know, iron decon ain't cheap. And if I'm making 35, 50 bucks on a hand wash, I'm not burning my expensive stuff on it to yeah, do something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. Totally understandable. Totally agree. Dustin, what about you, man? Is it packages? How do you determine when you need a clay bar or like Lucas has interjected iron decon? Uh, how do you begin to figure out when to do that? So we separate things in stage one and stage two for our exteriors. Um, stage one, you're just getting, you know, an exterior wash, 
deep clean the wheels, tires, that type of thing. Um, and you're getting slick on the outside. There's no clay, no iron in that. Um, when you jump up to our stage two, you're getting clay, fuego, and, you know, an exterior wash. You're getting slick on the paint, and you're getting glass coating. So, uh, hmm. hyper clean glass. So, uh, unfortunately, as much as I would like to clay every vehicle, it just didn't seem fitting because um, most people don't really know what that is. And a lot of cars don't need it. Uh, all the time so for us not always unless i get a vehicle in that's absolutely roached then we'll say hey this thing needs clayed bad um and then we'll make it happen okay so how how do you handle that with your customers uh usually it's a smooth process just call them up say hey you got a lot of contamination going on here the vehicle could really benefit uh, from a decontamination and just kind of say, this is what we're going to do to it. And they'll either say yes or no. Okay. Derek. Um, kind of like, uh, like what uh, Lucas and Abe and Dustin was saying where my basic package, um, like my basic full detail. Um, I don't do any of the, um, I will play the vehicle, but as soon as I go to level two, during the and then like i i use a lot of clean it's like during the wash process so i'm gonna wash the vehicle and then while there's still soap on the car i i'll go over my clean it real quick on the on the vehicle if it's really bad and it's usually just the lower panels usually you you'll clean it real quick just so you can get down to the naked paint um the only time lately i've been breaking out the normal clay bars is is during any of the coating especially if it's an older vehicle now what like what lucas was saying a brand new car I'm making, I'm kind of going to feel the paint. And if it doesn't need it, I'm not going 150, like, you know, doing all the steps. I'm not trying to mess it up. I just did a brand new, like a 2023 uh, Volvo. And that car was spotless. Had a few little light swirls on the back corners and stuff. We polished it. Didn't really need to be clayed. I didn't want to mess it up. And it was like a dark, kind of that new dark kind of matte gray color. And I was like, I'm not trying to mess the paint up. But um, I'll usually, like I said, basic. Then go to level two, and then if I if I'm going to be doing a coating, I'm going to do the clay mitt and the little clay bar on the, on the tighter areas that you can't get the mitts into. Okay, okay. How do you handle that with your customers? The lately, because a lot of my customers will follow me on Instagram, I'll usually send them a picture of the of a regular clay bar of how bad the lower sections are, and I'll usually just 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 do it to be honest with you so if they're if they're paying for a package where i'm gonna actually be putting like my level two package i'll some all times i'll explain it to the customer but it's gonna go 90 percent of the time it goes right over the head they don't understand like what okay i have to play the vehicle they may they may have heard the word clay bar but they may not know exactly what goes into like why you have to play by the vehicle so i'll just say hey this is good this is like shaving off all that bonded stuff kind of like how you exfoliate your skin before you put lotion on your skin that's what i'm going to do and then the last couple guys i'll actually i took up like the um, I, I didn't even post it but i did a forerunner guy took a car car wash had no idea what it was on the on, for some reason on one of the doors it was like rough as hell even my clay knit didn't take off the crap so i had to come back with the clay bar and i sent him a photo and he was like whose car is that and i'm like that's yours like on the lower panels and then he understood like oh my god like yeah it's like you know it's built up crap that's not coming off during a the car washes you have and this is what you got to do before you lay down your final protection is get all this stuff off the paint so that's how i handle it it's just i just kind of show them what it looks like 
or I or I've even had people come out and feel it. If 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 they happen to be home, they'll come feel the pain or something. But that, that hasn't happened in a while though. It, you know, what do you think as you've met more detailers and met more people, what do you think is the most misunderstood thing about clay bar? I think the the most misunderstood thing, I mean, I've met a lot of guys that come into the store and they're the maybe DIY guys or car enthusiasts and they want to, they want to clay their vehicle, but they don't want to polish. And I, and I tell people, listen, like a clay bar is a form of abrasive. It's going to possibly leave some kind of marring behind on the paint. So if you're okay with that, then go right into what you're going to do. It's going to make your protection last longer but it will scratch the paint and they just go, no, no, no. I go, okay, but what color is your car? And they go, it's black. I go, you're going to see some kind of scratching. I don't care how much clay lube you use. You're going to see something on the paint. And then a lot of people will just, they, that's when they, they'll still either get the clay bar or I just let them know up front. Like, listen, like this is going to, this might scratch. And then they just, it's, it's kind of 50, 50. Like some people just don't, they think it's going to just remove everything. It removes scratches and then they're good to go to put their wax on. So I let people make up their make, make a choice. You you think every time you, and this is and this is a philosophy. This is something that's out there. This is what I was asking, and you said it is. There's there's two sides of this. There's most people, right, like yourself, that say, yeah. I mean, I listen. I well, hold on. I I try and jump into too many stories. Let me go ahead and say it. There's a lot of people that say that you are damaging the vehicle while you're using a clay bar to your point scratching i had customers and this is a story i was getting into i had customers years ago at it's called nelson mazda here in tulsa and it was a dealership that i was working with on a regular basis selling product to and their head elite detailer told me that you're removing microns of clear coat every time you use a clay bar. Uh, he had actually quoted a YouTube video and YouTube people that had told him this. Interesting. Hmm. I mean, maybe at a very, very... You're talking about scratching, board. which isn't yeah. necessarily removing, it's abrading. Abrading. He's saying that we actually remove microns of clear coat. How misunderstood is a clay bar? I think it's still pretty, pretty misunderstood. I mean, like the average car owner, I think it's still not. I mean, if I walk down the street. I mean, most of the cars around here, they need to be clayed, but they, there's guys, there's a guy across the street that waxes his car all the time, but I've never seen him clay the car and it needs to be clayed. I, I, I was talking to him about it, but he's just, I think most people just still don't know. Well, yeah, Ben. Uh, so a few years back, I had one of my customers, he has a, a black CRV and then it was, he's one of the types of people who wants to try and research stuff and uh, put as much information as he can before he starts something. He went on to one of the other uh, Facebook groups and they're all telling him, oh, you got to get a clay mitt and do this and you got to get uh, the colonite 845 or whatever it is. And then uh, so he went and he used his clay mitt all over the car and it, instead of being black, turned more of a gray color. And he looked at it afterwards. He's like, uh, this isn't quite what I was expecting. And then so I got called over to take a look at it and I had to polish it all back up for him. But everybody on the group was telling him that, uh, oh, you need to claim it. The claim it's the best thing you can get and this and that. And 
uh, it's safe and all this, but uh, evidently there's a disconnect somewhere and mm. his car was all marred up and more gray than black. Probably all had white cars. <laughs> you know, Derek, what you talked about and Ben, I mean, the answer, right, is not enough lubrication and maybe it's not a fine enough clay bar, right? There yeah. are grades to your clay bar and there's grades to your lubrication. You know, people are like, well, I watched this YouTuber and they talked about if I make beads with this product and spray it on, like, yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean that that product, and I get it, the YouTuber's telling you their shop, they do this, great, but <clears throat> the actual application of just simply spraying that car wash grade drying aid and mixing with a clay bar or a clay pad doesn't necessarily translate to proper lubrication. Derek, which is your point, most people scratch cars when they're using clay. Nick will say, I'll say, I've done it too. And I'll also say, I've done plenty of cars with proper lubrication and with a proper grade clay bar that I haven't abraded. I haven't scratched. Yeah. I haven't necessarily had to go polish the car. I can't actually do a wash, clay, and seal. Yeah. No problem at all. So, all right, Kevin, why do you think it's such a misunderstood thing? Do you have a package or what is it that you put in place for you that, you know, is, do you clay every vehicle that gets protection to walk us through your process? So first, right. I'm, I'm just going to track back a little bit. So we're now claying at 5,000 RPM. If we're, if we're, removing microns of clear coat that's how we're claying we're going to clay that fast because if you use an aggressive pad that's what happens right so that's how we're fucking claying at 5,000 rpm so again misinformation right leave it at that um so package wise um my level two includes clay my basic does not why um time mainly um if you think about how you're just trying to personally again personally um break up my packages it's just a time issue being mobile kind of adds you know the add-ons help out okay so what's the difference in your package between one and two? Oh, so uh the supreme like protection wise yeah supreme is decon iron uh, clay, and then we're going to seal it up with either uh, we're going to go with slick or we're going to go with like a nine month sealant, depending on the package. Or if it's a newer vehicle, we're going Uno, Dose Tray, whatever. Um, but clay, again, I don't use it that much, but I know I have quarterly clients I know I'm going to use it on. You know, if it's a new person and they, they give a description, I kind of lead them into the Supreme you know, as an automatic upsell, add value to them, et cetera, you know? Okay. And, and what do you, what do most people talk to you about when you, you discuss that with them? Do they have a, uh, you know, a pushback or do they have questions? What's the most common no, no, thing it's always that you do? Questions. I wouldn't say pushback. I would say always questions. Uh, and if the questions do lead to a certain level, 
you just run your hand over the over the paint with glass or sit, whatever it may uh, the, the little baggies whatever you may have um you know and that kind of seals the deal if you may. all right walk us through that because not everybody knows that trick i'm i'm going yeah because i know that trick not so much a trick it's more of a tip when wanting to to help educate somebody on contamination and if their car has contamination talk to us about what you do so um if the question just initiates hey you clay bar right because you know that's just a hot buzz you know whatever maybe um yeah and you know i'll assess the vehicle i'll say i think you do need clay and they'll be like well why okay um if you already notice that they may be a smoker, you ask for their little cellophane or whatever that's called out of their package. If not, break out just a bag that you have in the van. And uh, hey, check this out, feel this. And they're like, wow, feels like it has pimples or whatever it may be, you know, rough skin. And I'm like, exactly, the clay takes that away. You're gonna have a silky smooth finish and your hand's just gonna glide on that surface, you know? What about anybody ever use their uh, their gloves that they use, right? Give somebody their yeah. Hair. Do yeah. you do that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. I, I usually um even even if you like if, like I said if you clay a section and then I'll usually have the customer I'll have a nitro glove and just hand it to them like we'll feel the section and then they'll once they feel the section and then on, on cars that are like really bad like built up a road film they'll even like really hear it even too like I'll even if you rub your glove over the sections you've done, you don't hear anything. And then you go to a section you have it here, you'll hear like this and the customer's like, oh my God, like what is that? And it's not like that's a little bonded stuff to the paint. You gotta get that off the wash. And I'm just removing that before we put your protection down. They're just like, oh okay, that makes sense. So all right. So Kevin any type of protection you're always gonna do some type of decontamination or do you you decipher between that? Like stated earlier, the decon, you know, with the eye removal is always the easiest route. If you know that's going to make a, a a change, you know what I mean? If you know that's going to work in that time, in that place, go for it. Here you go. Boom. Um, you know, sometimes I'll over deliver. You know, I'm saying I'm doing this. I'll do something else. They don't even notice 99 points uh, you know out of the time they don't know this half the time so um it's just just adding that little you know say uh like a mini detail that wouldn't include barrels i'll do barrels especially if it's like a cayenne and one of those you have to finish off correct right um but again i mean if you can just show that you're going that little extra for that person hopefully they're just a client for a long time Agreed. It's great. All right. I'm interested to hear about this one. We got Mr. John from Ride and Shine out in Phoenix, having a great time, enjoying the beautiful weather that they always have in Phoenix. I'm not sure why they ever would ever complain. They're like, oh, it's hot. But like, yeah, but you don't have bugs. John, hopefully you're enjoying the fall. It's good to see you on. John, do you uh, do you have a process for uh, determining clay bar decontamination? Is it a package? Is it something that you talk to your customers? How do you handle it? Uh, I always clay whenever I'm throwing down a ceramic coating. In okay. Story, what about other protection? Um, 
if they're familiar with it, we'll talk about it and we'll check the paint. We'll may, I'll make them actually fill the paint. But I tell you, I have more success explaining why paint needs to be cleaned properly to women than I do guys because guys can't drop their ego enough. I explain it to women in the way of just like their nails. It needs to be cleaned properly so that the wax sealant ceramic coating can last its longest. And that is the best way to do it. And getting them to touch the paint is the easiest way um, because most guys will be like, yeah, it just needs it. Okay, yeah. But it's not going to take care of that scratch that you think it's going to do. It's So I love the clay um, because it's, it's soothing for me. But more importantly, uh, I will never not clay if I'm not actually protecting it. But on basic stuff, nope. Just wash it, slick it, get it out the door. Okay. That's interesting. So thanks so much. Let's Let's go back to your analogy there and – it seemed to be a really awesome one that perked uh, multiple people's attention here in the room. And I imagine that listeners, the thousands of people that will listen, they're also curious. How does a woman uh, associate with clay bar better than a man? Get us a little bit more specifics. What is it that you actually talk about? You know, break it down for us. All right. Well, basically when we're talking about, uh, ceramic coatings or uh, anything that, that's lasted now. What I explained to them is what's on their vehicle now is like standard clear coat on their nails because you automatically associated their nails. Standard clear coat, it looks good today, but it scratches up very easily tomorrow. If you clean it properly because there is a prep process to do nails, if they prep it, and clean the surface properly, the gel coat or the paint or the top coat can bond with it properly. If you associate nails, their hands, which they spend 40 bucks to 100 bucks on, if you associate that, I guarantee you will get more clientele from women understanding and saying, wow, this guy didn't talk over me. You have to talk about the prep process to their nails. Give that customer something they can associate with their nails. Now, I know some guys that do their nails too. Whatever, I don't care. Um, but I used to do my daughter's nails and yeah. it's all about the prep process. And Derek, when did I you know get your nails done after your trip? My wife or my daughter no. didn't do my nails. But my one buddy got his nails done before his wedding. He showed us. They look good, but mm -mm, I can't. If I get the, there I you go. There you go. Leave. I got something to leave. But get out, sir. Like, Kevin gets his nails done. No. So oh. I had... I did it. I had to do it, and I'm I'm okay with that. I I I'll sit there with a manicure. I'm cool with that. Oh, all right. Oh, You're cool okay, with it. Then explain it. Okay. Tell us what actually happens, because I I just usually, you know, will drop the girls off or do something. Figure. I mean, I don't really know what's going on. Oh man, it. it, it I'm joking, they, John. They I don't want to hear about your, somebody's your, nails. Your, I'm just joking. Fully <laughs> your hands, man. Come on. <laughs> That's a great analogy, John, man. It really is. I, I think there's a, there's a lot of people that are going to be able to use that. So thank you so much, man. That there really is a very perfect analogy to be able to sell clay bar. Do you, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, you've got a simple process and you got a more uh, a complicated process in your simple process. What product do you choose that you're going to not use with uh, clay or decontamination? 
you know, to you, and this is just you, right? Like, how do you draw that line between beyond packages of, okay, this car, whether whatever type of product I'm going to put on it to protect it. Do you ever look at it and go, well, I just know it's probably not really going to stick. I approached every customer as the only customer now, because we're all dealing with the, the world of customers are trying to buy it cheaper and stuff like that. The first thing I'll do is, is I will talk to them and see what, what car, because you know, the car has to align with the driver because you can always tell when the guy's like, yeah, I didn't really want this car, but I had to buy it. You can always tell when the car aligns with the driver. And when it does, that's when I know exactly what their care volume is and how they care for it. So if I know they're going to care for it, I'll always go that extra and do a little bit extra protection or like a claymate wash in the process. I will not break my back over it, but I'll just throw a little extra on there because they're a little bit more familiar. They're a little bit more in tune with their car and they're going to appreciate the way it looks and the way it lasts a little bit longer. Okay. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, all right, Derek, I think it's time. I just think it's time for the tab out question. Hell yeah. Brother. This one, this one's going to be interesting because I want to hear what everyone's favorite foods are. So, if the states, the United States, were represented by food, what what food represent your state? Ooh, that's a great <laughs> one. That is a really great one. I'm gonna give some people some time to think about it. I know is Dustin's gonna food? talk about roadkill, you know, and no, uh, no, you know, no. squirrel soup and all Ooh, that stuff. I, got, I know I squirrel soup tea. is probably a West Virginia thing. I've had it. Dude, it's, it's easy. It's easy. It's good. Mind it's here is gonna be barbecue. It's it's the biggest thing that we fight oh. with Kansas City to Texas to anybody around. It's always who's got the best barbecue. There's different styles of barbecue. You've got, which we've talked much. It'd be great if Brandon from Tim's was on, mm -hmm. you know, their style of barbecue. There's so many different styles of barbecue. I was talking with somebody eh, a couple of weeks ago about this. You know, you got Kansas city. They've got a more vinegary style, you know, that mustard, you go down to Texas, it's pepper and it's brisket. It's almost like Oklahoma just has its own style. We don't really even know what to call it. It's just Oklahoma barbecue. But we've got a ton of barbecue. Well, we got barbecue and we got Mexican food. It's mm. hard to say that we'd be known for Mexican food because it's Oklahoma. There's plenty of other places that have much better Mexican food. So I'm going to go with barbecue. I think we'd be known for barbecue and quick trip hot dogs. Barbecue and quick trip hot dogs. Because quick trip hot dogs that you find in your quick trip originated here and I had to go through the, oh wait to keep taquitos those quick trip taquitos never mind <laughs> that's that's probably it quick trip taquitos and quick trip hot dogs screw screw the barbecue let's go quick trip hot dogs and quick trip taquitos dustin all right so west virginia is known for none other than the pepperoni roll which you've probably never heard of. Never nope. heard of. 
never heard of it. Never heard. But of it. it's apparently internationally known, Derek, and you've never heard up. of it. I've never heard of it. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. What? Never made it out of West Virginia, but goddamn. All right, so I'll give you a brief explanation. Pepperoni rolls are elegantly simple. It's a country rolled dough filled with uh, sticks or slices of pepperoni. That's it. Country rolled dough. What do you mean? Like a biscuit, oh, a croissant? No, What's a country no, rolled dough? It is just Dustin, I've had it before. Yeah. No, 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 no. It is and no croissant. Keep that bullshit out of here. Uh, <laughs> it is Dude, just, I love croissants. Sam croissants. <laughs> no, croissants suck. It, it, it's just fresh rolled dough, you know, nice fluffy bread with sticks or slices of pepperoni. Ooh. Like and, a breadstick uh, dough? Yeah, so so it's kind it of looks like, like one. It's kind of like craft beer. So like every local, you know, uh bakery has their own, you know, specific taste of pepperoni roll. Like I like tomorrow's. And we've got 15 different bakeries that specialize in pepperoni rolls that fill our gas stations with them. So you go into a gas station and you got a rack with like a couple different brands of pepperoni rolls. So everybody's bread tastes different you know the pepperoni might be a little different could be some spices or you know whatever but west virginia is known for pepperoni rolls you might get lucky and find them in you know the outskirts of the state like pennsylvania maryland virginia uh just over the state line but other than that it's all west virginia baby mm, well you know, somebody that does like getting lucky is Lucas, but he might not know about the pepperoni roll. I am not Lucas, familiar. Yeah, I didn't think so. Are we talking like pigs uh, in a blanket? No. Oh, no, that's for cultured people. <laughs> no, no. Cultured, cultured people. <laughs> it, it, is, it is similar, but I've had pepperoni roll before. It's really good. Oh, you're right, though. Pigs in the blanket. Oh. Mm-hmm. Pigs mm -hmm. in a croissant, Dustin. I don't know what's wrong with your taste buds. <laughs> pigs in a croissant, goddamn, that's that's good breakfast right there. No, you gotta throw them in regular bread. No, Dustin, Dustin, no, a flaky, buttery crust oh, is what sausage should yeah. be wrapped in. Those those Pillsbury oh. Grands muffins. Mm -mm. Wrap them up. Oof. No. All right, what's your state known for, Lucas? Uh, well, I was, I've been racking my brain because Michigan's weird. We're not like a very Potato? one culture thing we're uh, known for. Wisconsin. No, no, we, I mean, Detroit, Grand Rapids, Traverse City, the UP, and Lansing are all different states inside of Michigan. So every yeah. area has its own thing. Metal but, and cars, nothing to do with actual right. produce. I would, I would say the one thing that you can get pretty much only in Michigan that we're known for is Hudsonville ice cream. And that's Ooh. not super huge outside of like Michigan, parts of Ohio and Indiana. Um, but we have a flavor here called Superman ice cream, which is my personal favorite. And it's really only something you can kind of get around the mitten state from Hudsonville. Okay. Does so, it have, because every once in a while I've gone into we went into one when we were down in uh, taking our family vacation this summer and uh, we went down to the beach and, you know, you, you come out of the beach you're in those beach towns, beach towns love having ice cream places. And I walked in, mm -hmm. I go, 
wow, that's a wild color right there. Look at all those crazy colors. And it was a Superman ice cream. Is that what yours yeah. is? It's got those crazy cool colors. So ours is three colors. It's blue, yellow, and red. And each color is a different flavor to create the Superman ice cream. And they used to call it Superman. Everyone still calls it Superman. They rebranded it a few years ago as Super Scoop because I think they got in trouble with DC for using Superman. But everyone <laughs> still sense. asks for Superman. Everyone still orders it as Superman. It's not Super Scoop. It's Superman ice cream. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's like the huge thing, I guess, that just came to my mind first. And I'm sure you could probably say like uh, venison is pretty huge here, too, because we have an enormous deer population and literally everyone in Michigan hunts. So there's a lot of venison floating around all year. But yeah, just first thing. Do you really have venison is, ice cream? No, 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 no. no, 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 like no. That's no. only in West Virginia, right? That's yeah, right. that's that, <laughs> that's definitely gonna be a West Virginia thing. <laughs> oh, We're God somewhat civilized up here. We're not entirely savages. <laughs> oh, Dude, oh, oh. People here eat more deer meat than they do beef. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's I, that time of the year. I used to. I used to. Eat a hey, lot of Cass, who so, many of you have met, Derek, you've met. He's he's yep. with us in the warehouse doing a great job and uh, actually did a great job working with your distribution order and getting it packaged and then repackaged and then repackaged. Right. Like, <laughs> uh, and he just recently, a couple weeks ago, shot two does. Didn't get to see, uh, you know, what he was really hoping for, but. He's promising me that I'll get some deer steaks, and we're looking so forward good. to it. Make sure he gives you that back strap. I'm in the, the back same strap, boat. Yeah. As soon as I get a day that I can sneak out the woods, I'm not a big horn hunter these days. I'm the I'm in the same boat. Like I just shoot two does per season and fill the freezer, and I'm I'm happy with that. But that's yeah, Superman so I'll, ice cream, I'm, man. That Ooh. sounds good. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, just, that's, Dustin, that's the thing that came to my head because I'm the one Michigander left that has never been hunting and has no desire to go freeze to death in a deer blind what? for eight hours. So no. I'm happy just eating the shit that other people shoot for me. Uh, you just get you a blind with a propane buddy heater and stuff <laughs> it in there and a bunch oh. of little Debbie cakes. You got to have the honey buns, the brownies. Oh, cakes. Set. Come on, what about the Nutter Butter? So oh, my yeah. oldest daughter just put a photo in our little family group and sh her design, she's living in California now and her design for uh, the, you know, what's that, uh, Dia, what's it, what's it called? Uh, the Dia de Muerte or what? I, I apologize, I didn't. Listen, I'm down to the second beer and the second one that he sent me. <laughs> listen, the second one he sent me is another massive, incredible, it was like 9%, so. What is it? Dia, Dia de Muerte, whatever. Dia de los Muertes. Thank you. So she she put a photo in our little group message that her, you know, poster board, you guys can all remember of, you know, whether it's science, or whatever you do, this little poster board and it's got photos and all this stuff and her little project for it. And and she put my dad on there and she also put Nutter Butters. I mean, my dad loved Nutter Butters. I did, too. I always was literally like OCD with how do I break one off? That's just going to have just the wafer so that the other three have a peanut butter and chocolate. Like I'm a little Debbie back in the day, massive fan. I can't eat them anymore, but yeah, I'm with you, Dustin. I used to love little Debbie's also. Cosmic brownies right, so, is where it's at. Yeah. Kevin, what is, uh, what's your area? I mean, Oh, so I would say we already got Boston baked beans, but I'm not 
Dominican and we're not known for that. Like that. <laughs> Honestly, gotta go with like a lobster roll. That's what I was gonna Ooh, say. Yeah. Yes. Um, Seafood. Clam, clam, clam chowder, Boston clam chowder, right? Yeah. That uh, that's what I could come up with, tell you the truth. Um, that would probably be it. Innocent Adams, you know, whatever. But uh <laughs> <laughs> what do you eat most? I mean, what's your regular? I mean, what do you I mean? So again, like clam chowders, like fall, winter, and lobster. I mean, do you stuff. literally eat that every day? Is that no, 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 day? no, 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 no. Every day is just yeah, turkey and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, um, mix it up from chicken palm to rice and beans to, you know, spaghetti with Wednesday. You know, it. it Okay, so clam chowder up there isn't like it's like a free for all. Everybody eats it. It's no. Still, no. Oh, okay. It's selective. It's selective. You know, that's what I would say. I mean, D, you're pretty close. I'm pretty sure you get that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Um, I actually go fishing up there, and uh, well, oh, we go to Massachusetts, and like uh, I always get up there, and it, it's good. Don't put. And even in Vermont, where I just was, a couple oh. of restaurants had it on the menu. So like, oh, and I was just like. Topper? What would you say? Did you go to Hetty Topper? No, we we oh. wanted to. I know, I know, I know. I, I wanted to, but you know, oh. I, we only got to go to two. But I, I wanted to just to get that, just to get that. Yeah. Oh man, Killer Brew, Killer Brew. Oh man. All it's right, Ben. What's you know? I guess. We don't know exactly where you're at in Canada, but, you know, kind of give us a local <laughs> area. And then what is loan in your area? Uh, I live just a few hours north of Seattle, like literally right across oh. the border from Seattle. Oh, OK. So I'm not too far away. Like I, I live in Canada, but it's not like in Canada. Um, the first thing that came to mind of or while the, the question was first asked is if you're into sweets, uh, there's a bar. That is called an Nanaimo bar. It's got like a, a hard chocolate top, a custard middle, and then like a uh, it's like coconut and graham bottom mixed with like cocoa. It's really sweet, but it's amazing. That's like my favorite dessert ever. And then Nanaimo, the city that it came from, is just on the island uh, across the strait away from me. Pretty well. Sounds good. Okay. Interesting. Like, you guys are gonna have to go on a hunt and find it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Martinez, are you uh you know we, we always like to just ask if you want to chime in? No, all right, no worries. Thanks for always just hopping in, brother. Derek, uh, what did you say? What was uh what's most known for your area? So the one thing New Jersey is most known for is pork roll, but I don't like pork roll, so I don't usually get it. So for me, it has to be subs. I love me some subs. You got quick check, submarine sandwiches. It's like I just get my Italian sub and I'm happy. But uh, the only reason I bring that up is I, I, we had some people come in from Pennsylvania and they had they were used to, I guess, the way Pennsylvania does subs. And before we went in, the guy said, no, no, this is Jersey. You, you, when you get a regular Italian sub, it's going to be extreme. And we went into this place, and they said it was just a lot. Everything was bigger, more meat, bigger sandwiches. Their, their uh, regular sub was like a foot long. And they're like, damn, it's a big sub. They're used to Subway and, and you know, the normal places. But 
Um, for me, it's subs. Subs near me. Uh, yeah, I, that's crazy. You're you're saying that, and I go, "Come on, man!" Like everybody's got Subway, everybody's got Jersey Mike's, everybody's I, got like. like so the, how is your area known for subs? I mean, everybody's. I mean, we've I, got I little know. sub shops here all over the place. I don't. You know, I don't know if it's there's a lot more of like. Is that uh, the originality? Like, did it originate up there? I, I don't know where it originated originally, but a lot of the places near me are like little small, like it's Italian family owned places. So you get their pizza shops and then they also do subs. But I have one of the sub shops near me where I think one of the, the, one of the presidents came to the place and now the sub prices went from, you know, eight bucks a sub to like $14 a sub. But it's just something about they'll, they'll cut it fresh while you're there. And I know somebody does it too, but it just seems like it's more, they don't have it, all the stuff laying out. Just like, no, it's Jersey Mike's that does it fresh, right? Jersey Mike's. What's the other one? Jersey Mike's. And then there's, um, damn, what's the other one now? There's a couple, but I have Jersey Mike's near me, but I, I usually will just go to the local places near me. I wouldn't say yeah. pizza, but everyone's going to say New York. New York's like, you know, known for the pizza. But What mm-hmm. about, have you heard of Sally slices up there in New Jersey? It's like TikTok famous. Sally slices now. Yeah, Sally slices. Hmm. All right. I know. Well. The, I know. Are you talk about the one from Barstool, the Barstool review they did. Yeah, yeah. If it's the same one I'm thinking of, I know the guy that's in the. Uh, there's one video that Barstool did where a guy had this huge lifted. It wasn't a Dodge. It was like a lifted F three fifty. And the yeah. guy was like, "Yeah, that guy's compensating for something." I know that guy, and he was like being made fun of in the video, but I guess he didn't realize the video would come out, but that place, I, I went there, it was, it was good. I think we're known for this yeah. So maybe, maybe I'd say pizza, but for some reason, for me, it's subs. It's like, everywhere, every time I bring people come in, they, my, like my grandfather, for instance, always, every time he comes down, he always, he goes to Maryland, he always gets the sub before he leaves to go back. Yeah, What's we, your sub of choice? I'm, uh, at least the place I go to, it's a number five, it's a super sub, and it's just based on Italian, Italian sub, with uh but i'm i'm weird i get i will get mayo uh oil and vinegar i don't care if it's running it just to me it just tastes good and then i sometimes will ask for a side of russian dressing i like my sauces so i'll get that on there and i don't know it's weird i had one place where the guy was like but i even went to a place in upstate new york where i said that and the guy's like uh they go what do you want the soap goes uh, and the guy goes oh just just drag it through the garden and then literally it was all the all what is the- russian dressing that's what i went wait what uh, it's like, uh, it's almost like Faust on Island's dressing a little bit, but it's got a little bit more, I think it's, I don't know what other sauce in it, but it's a little bit more, I guess, red, I guess, versus Thousand Island dressing. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm great weird. Oh. question, man. <laughs> Super interesting. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining me for a beer. I've had two and that's probably enough. I'm now at like. 19 point something percent uh, over the night. Hi. I've got you beat still. No way. Yeah, I've got, uh, let's see, I had the shipyard and then I've had two twisted teas and, you know, Not twisted, twisted teas don't count. Oh. Well, no, I, I take that back. I guess I don't have you beat. No. <laughs> I'm just going to sip on my whiskey. Yeah, you do it, Lucas. Great choice. Whiskey and Sprite, always a great one to sip on. Hey, Dustin, Twisted Teas, we like them. Always better than Bud Light, no doubt about that. Whoa. Derek, great tab out question. Ben, great to know you're only just an hour away from Seattle. 
Seattle is one of my favorite places. My number one pumpkin ale comes from Seattle. Great place. Kevin, well, maybe Brady will turn around this weekend, right? Hey, or, man, let's see. We're hoping so, man. We're hoping so. You know, that, that meme of lost his family and lost two yeah, games. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that was a rough one, man. That's, that's where you kind of go, wow, all that's amazing. And then, wow, how do you, okay. Yeah. Anyway, guys, great community pub. Thanks so much. Peace. Enjoy your week. We'll see you all next week. See you guys. See you later. Hi, this is Marshall. Thanks so much for listening to the community pub. You know what would make the community pub better? Maybe you. Come join us to the community pub. You know what might also be a great place for you to be? Is in the hyperplane specialist group. Because maybe you don't want to be on audio or you don't want to have your face on camera. But the hyperclean specialist group is a great way for you to interact. As you can tell, if you got a great question or something that you need an answer on, well, maybe that is the place for you. Hey, so go right now. Whether you're driving, go ahead and find the local exit. If you're detailing a car, go ahead and put your polisher away. Put your brush away. Put your cleaner down for just a second. Maybe turn out that power washer for just half a second. Go to the HyperClean Specialist Group on Facebook. Go search it out. And if you need something, it's a great place for you to belong. Hi, this is Marshall, and I made it for you. So you might as well go join. Hey, what should you also do? You know it. You should go make it a great day.